everyone. It's the Box Office Bomb Squad. This is where we break down some of the biggest bombs that ever hit theaters. And today's bomb is 2020's The Call of the Wild. Here, so far from home, I can see a change in Buck. Something's pulling him into the forest. Into the hunt. He's still the same dog with me. But I find it hard to imagine him back in civilization. Is there any house big enough to hold him? This journey seems to be leading Buck to his destiny. Or is it leading me? By the way, let it be known, that clip, three times longer than it was just now. Oh, yeah, because there's big cutscenes <laughs> in the middle of just the yeah. dogs and wolves running around. Like, how fast can we make you talk, Harrison mm-hmm. Ford? <laughs> I'm Harrison Ford. Uh, yes. uh, the penis man. Uh, the uh, dogs. Uh, these men need dogs. These men needed dogs. <laughs> uh, found that found that clip by accident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. These men needed dogs. Uh, I want to hear it one more time. These men needed dogs. <laughs> I don't know why it's funny to me. Anyway, uh, budget. It debuted number one, and it's uh, ahead of Sonic. And Sonic was in its second week. Uh, it fell below Sonic in week two, though. And the new number one was Invisible Man, which I was okay with. I didn't hate that movie, but whatever. It continued to crash, ended on 111 million on a 125 million dollar budget. Um, just kind of bad timing, and everyone everyone had the same opinion. And I hate to say this, my opinion is not no different than literally every single critic out there that this is a really good, entertaining, heartfelt movie completely distracting and undermined by a CG creature that just is disturbing. But let's talk about it. You know how many fucking bugs they put these days? <laughs> so many probes in so many holes. That reminds me of a big had to be an ass joke. Oh my god, let's talk about it. Let's get this out of the way so we don't have to mention it a thousand times. The dog looks bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It, it there are could, times where he just doesn't look right. Right. And I mean, I think, like I said, I think it's a, it's an un, almost an uncanny valley thing. He's a good representation of a dog as far as CG is concerned, but it's just good enough to make you realize that, you know, I don't want to pet that dog. Well, the biggest issue... Yeah. The biggest issue with, with CG animals... Well, CG anything... Hair is still very hard to look natural. Yeah. And dogs are all hair. And because of that, there's like a chunkiness to them that's odd. Um, I don't, I get why they were like, well, we wanted to use a human so we can get the facial expressions um, and do what we need to do. I don't know why they couldn't get a regular dog and then CG a face on him. Right. Like, I feel like they could have CG'd that face. And, and I think that movie would have came off better because here's the weird thing the other dogs even though most of them are cg 
and some of them aren't, and the wolves, which most of them are CG, some of them aren't, they look better. Right. And they look more natural. Yeah. And then, you know, like the movie Strays with Kevin Hart and... Um, uh, Kevin Hart. Was it Kevin Hart? I thought it was Kevin Hart and Strays. Oh, Strays. Okay. Yeah, and Strays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's all about dogs. Yeah. It's, yeah, Jamie it's Will Ferrell. Uh, Will Ferrell, Jamie Foxx. That's right. Um, and... That movie, all the dogs are real dogs with CG faces. Yes, and they and look it, real, and they're of talking that. with their mouths, and it's yeah. still very belief. Like I put a, put aside belief a little bit, but you could totally see a dog talking like that. Well, Do it just makes that. their weight look right when they're walking. The wind hits them right. Right. We see the wind hit Harrison Ford's bushy beard, and then the dog's not moving in the same wind movement and it looks odd he's running and his his fur isn't falling the right way it, the 100 percent of the the crit, the bad parts of the film 100 percent of them are all on the dog and i feel bad because i love dogs but this cg dog is a monstrosity and <laughs> it's it's a problem i say it gets put down here and now <laughs> i agree dan stevens with the greatest high talking fast pants mo- or fast talking high pants voice i've ever heard that was, it Holy was crap. yeah Oh man! I gotta get this dog. We gotta find gold. See? Yeah, he and is, I like, hated it. Like I immediately oh, I hated him so much. Uh, yeah, I immediately so hated the character. Like oh, I, man. it was almost a guttural response as soon as I heard his voice. I'm like, I hate yeah. you. <laughs> These dogs are perfect. I'll buy them all. All right, yeah. now, mush. See, mush. You hear? Ew, lazy beast. I love Dan Stevens. By the way, he's uh, he was on the show Legion. Yeah. Uh, he's good. He's actually a really good actor. Did not expect this performance from him, but I really liked him as a villain. He did great. The, the point of a villain is you're supposed to hate him. Right. Boy, you fucking hate this guy. <laughs> you hate him so much. Yeah. Oh, man. Also weird that Karen, Gil- Karen Gillum's in this movie for like 30 seconds. I didn't even realize it was her until they're at the river and it like... Z- Centers on her and the other guy, and I was like, "Oh shit, is that?" Karen well, I mean, Gillum? arguably her most famous role. She's fucking blue with no hair, so it's hard to tell. I mean, it's true. I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously, I guess Jumanji is her second most famous role, and then I, I mean, know her from Doctor Who. I would well. say I know her from Doctor Who more than anything, but yeah, yeah. I, you ever oh. see the movie Oculus with her? The, oh yeah, the horror movie. Yeah. yeah, you know what's funny. The only phobia I have in life in general is mirrors. I don't like looking at them for very long. It's a superstition thing. And the the fiance made me watch that movie. Oh. That was terrifying. By the way. I won't. It's in the title. It's a movie where uh well, not to be a pervert, but I will say the incredibly attractive and this is because I'm the age range in which this girl was the hottest ever. Uh, the older <laughs> sister from Even Stevens is in it. Older sister from Even Stevens. Yeah. yeah. I loved Even Stevens. Early Shia LaBeouf. He was a kid. I, I very much modeled my uh, fashion style of that age after Shia LaBeouf. I love that character, Louis. Louis Stevens. Yeah. The older sister's in that. And, you know, not to be a pervert, but yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. She's in it. All right. <laughs> I don't, I never watched that TV show. So I was trying to see who you were talking oh, about. Oh, you ever watch even Stevens, huh? Uh, no, no. It's one of the only like Disney shows I ever, ever watched. So we didn't have Disney cause we were poor, but if I was over at my friend's house, he seemed to always be watching it. And I really dug it. Cause I, I just think Zyla was really fun before he went crazy. Well, he may have been crazy to start with. Who knows? What was the sister's name? 
Do you remember? The actress's name? No, the the lady. Oh, the 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 oh on the show? Yeah. Uh, uh I, was, I was trying to line it up. Was it Christy she's like the, Carlson? She's the secondary main. Was she Ren? Uh yeah, Ren. She's Renee, yeah. Okay, Christy. It's Christy Carlson Romano's oh, okay. uh, actress right. name. Right. I gotcha. Also in Kim Possible. Yeah, she's Kim Possible's voice, yeah. Okay. Beautiful woman though. I get that. And uh, anyway, it hasn't to do with it. But yeah, the movie Mirrors, it shows the mirror shows you how you're gonna die. Man, I can't believe you haven't seen even Steven. So you don't know who Bean is? Oh man. No. Oh dude, Beans is great. Beans. It's that weird looking kid. You've seen him in a lot of things. Now he's a grown man. Mm. Yeah, uh oh. Oh, I've I know that kid. Yeah. Steven Anthony Lawrence. Yep. Yeah, I, re- I recognize him um, from, uh, well, a couple movies. Big Green. Yeah. <laughs> or not Big Green. He's in uh, the Kicking and Screaming. Different yeah. soccer comedy. Sorry. Bubble Boy is uh, one movie I remember him from. Oh, yeah. I Isn't love- he in the Freak Show in Bubble Boy? Uh, he might have been. Bubble Boy is one of those movies that not everybody has seen, but everybody who's seen it remembers it. You want $500? <laughs> That uh, that scene doesn't age well. No. I I want five hundred dollar. Yes. You want five hundred dollar? Yes, I would like five hundred dollars. Now we can put that movie on the list. By the way, holy shit, that movie failed bad. Did it? <laughs> oh man, that movie had a thirteen million dollar oh, budget God. and only made five million dollars. <laughs> All right, people are hearing us add movies as we go. Add to the list. This is good stuff. I'm gonna have to make that a movie sound has John Carroll Lynch and Danny Trejo in it. So good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like that movie. Uh, it's not a good film, no. but I do have uh, fond memories of it for some reason. Right. Also, funny to see Jake Gyllenhaal in like, roles like that and then doing what he does now. Yeah. Should have watched that one uh, today because then we would have had our third movie in a row where the lead actor just shows ass for no reason <laughs> uh, the marathon man. of ass Harrison boy Harrison Ford almost shows ass in this uh yeah yeah I'll give him credit by the way how old's Harrison Ford now uh he's getting there man God, he's this was 2020 so it was only four years ago God 2020 was four years ago Jesus Christ way to fucking stick that to me yeah you feel that right in your ribs, right in your he's lower 80, back. <laughs> he's 81 now. Okay. So he was 77 years old in this and he's shirtless through yeah. a scene. Looks great. Right. For a 77 year old. Holy shit. Harrison Ford is fucking killing it. Good for him. He does the, he does the, the woolly mountain man thing really well too. Yeah. I think he looks really good with a beard. Right. He's yep. got that raspy voice. So the beard just really works with it. For so. sure. He's great in this, by the way. I got to say him as a narrator, uh, his character, I really, really felt for him when he talked about his dead son, yeah. really felt for him. Just I, I can't believe how good of a performance everyone else in this movie put in <laughs> and how it was fucking ruined by a stupid, ugly dog CG. Yeah, probably would have been cheaper had you just had a regular dog. Yes, that's the other thing. Wouldn't it have been cheaper with a regular dog? You would. Think. <sighs> And I like Omar Sy. I don't think he gets a lot of respect. 
Uh, he's uh oh the French guy, the male guy. Oh, I don't remember his character's name, but I know who you're talking about. The uh, the bald, the the the, the is he dude. a mailman? Parole. Basically, Parole. Yeah, yeah, he's great in this. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. By the way, he's in the Jurassic World movies. He's uh he's the other uh raptor trainer. <laughs> oh, nice. I know that's a terrible thing to bring up for who he is because he's done a lot of other stuff. Oh, he but was I like him. He was in Transformers the last night. Yeah, he's another, a hot rod. He's the French car. Yeah, another one of our. Uh, oh yeah, we did that episodes. movie. Yeah, he's also in X Men: Days of Future Past, which is, he plays Bishop. He's huge in that movie, by the way. He's so jacked in that movie. Yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah, he's one of those guys. He's French, obviously, so he does a lot of French films. Uh, but yeah, I like him a lot. He was the voice of Leopold in Arctic Dogs. Not that I've seen that movie, but that seemed. That is funny. <laughs> Yeah, it it is funny. On, uh, like this movie's on Disney Plus for free if you want to watch it, which I do suggest watching it. It's 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 fun, uh, but it's like if you like this, you also like Eight Below and uh, the other dog one with Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh yeah, I remember that <laughs> one. What was that one called? I don't remember what it was called, but I remember watching it. And they're and they're like White Fang, and it's like man, there's a and Balto and. Uh, the one about the other dog from Balto, nah. Snow Dogs. You will never beat Homeward Bound. You can yeah, keep that's trying. Not about Snow Dogs. Yeah. Oh that's yeah. About regular dogs. Yeah. I'm just talking about Snow Dogs, Jesse, because oh. these men need dogs. These men needed dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I can. It, you know what's shocking? I never in my life until I was watching this and I saw all the things pop up of you may also like, I never realized how many films it's an entire genre of movies about sled dogs. Oh yeah. There's a, there's a whole like cult following type yeah, thing. Sled dogs, sled Togo, dogs, snow dogs, Apolo, the great alone, iron will call the wild snow buddies, great Alaska race, Balto. I mean, sled, if you think about Ayla, it, what these dogs do is absolutely mind boggling. I mean, America was built on dogs and dogs and horses. Right. It's just, it's crazy. It's, it is wild to think what they are doing and they're sleeping under snow and shit. Like that's wild. Right. It always reminds me of, uh, of the meme where it'll have a, a small dog and it'll say, this is my dog Reginald. And I bought him for $7,000 and he's allergic to grass. <laughs> and then it'll show another dog like a mutt. And it'll say, this is my dog piss fingers. I found him behind a dumpster behind a Kmart. He's my, <laughs> he's, he's my world. <laughs> he's bulletproof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had an Alaskan Husky. I love that dog to death. His name was Yukon, named uh, after Yukon Cornelius. Gorgeous. Uh, he has passed away. I had him for many, many years, and he died of old age. Uh, great dog, dumb as a fucking rock. Can't <laughs> imagine that dog guiding me anywhere. I would just be stuck in a circle because he would just keep running back to where he knew things were. Yeah. But absolute beautiful dog. Absolutely great. Loved snow. He used to dig holes in snow and, and bury himself in it. <laughs> and just watching this reminded me a lot of him. So maybe there was a bit of like of me like going oh yeah my dog you know like just remembering sure. that but jesus man i have two dogs one is a small rat terrier named wi-fi oh yeah and then the, uh, you guys have heard her on here if you're listeners yeah yeah you probably heard she used her earlier to greet, uh every sound ever yeah <laughs> it still does 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the newest pup is uh, just becoming a l- not a pup. Uh, she's a little, a little less than a year old. Her name is Velma, and she's a blue healer. Oh, beautiful dog. Yeah, gorgeous little dog. But I am a very busy man, and I just don't feel like I have the time to give a dog respectfully. I would love a dog, but I, I'm also one of those people that really likes to really be there and train their dog. Oh, yeah. And I just don't have the time to put into a dog. That dog would live a, a half-life, and I wouldn't want that for any animal. Uh, I do have a cat because, you know, you can literally just throw a fucking oh. box of dirt down and then you got a cat. Yeah, <laughs> you can get a and in, in my town, you can get a cat accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you forget to shut your get your trash can one day. You got a you cat. Got a the cat. Next day. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. You open the door during the summer because it's nice outside. You got a cat. You got a cat. Yeah. One of your friends moves abruptly. You got a cat. <laughs> right. That's that's small town living right there. Yeah. I do have a I do have a pricey cat. She is a a, a pure calico. Oh. Her name's Calico because my wife is very original with names. <laughs> So we call her Callie, or I call her Callie Ma when I yell at her, or we call her Koki. Shucks a day. She's, um, she's, and just to, just to add to Jesse's little, this is my dog, he's a failure as being alive. <laughs> my cat has severe anxiety oh. and will lick herself to the point of, uh, like, rawness if I don't give her her kitty cannabis oil. <laughs> <laughs> but that calms her right the fuck down and she doesn't have anymore. So there you go. That's awesome. It's 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 crazy to think that at one point our pet animals uh could could save us from like raging rivers and pull a sled across the worst conditions man has ever seen. And now we have dogs that are scared of kitchen floors. Right. <laughs> but hey, that's the world, right? Yeah. <laughs> um the Omar size character, the goggles he's wearing, those are straight up like <laughs> steampunk goggles from like Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah. They're not real goggles. <laughs> Dan Stevens suit though. Holy shit. That red plaid suit and that fucking uh <laughs> fop hat. Oh my god. What a look. You want to take it all for yourself. Yeah. Where's the gold? See? <laughs> uh so good. I say it gets put down here and now. <laughs> I, I, I like, the funny part is the way we're doing his voice. We're not even doing it as extreme as he does it sometimes <laughs> no. in that movie. Yeah. But down here and now. Yeah. It's not good. It's a good gone. accent, though. I mean. I had to let the dogs go. Yeah. And Harrison Ford has some good lines. Here's the money. It won't bring back the dead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when he first, you know, is like stopping him from taking the dogs and he's like, <clears throat> you know, the dogs are trying to save your life, you know, and it, it's just it's very interesting to me in the story that the dogs are shown to be smarter than people, you oh, know, just sure. with the basic for instinct sure. of what's going on. They're more well, their aware. instinct to survive. They don't care about money. Right. Right. So, yeah, I will say, though, uh. With that being said, and you made a great point. If I'm ever in like a fucking wilderness town and somebody that looks like what Harrison Ford looks like in this gives me a tip, I'm going to fucking listen to him. Yeah, you are. <laughs> that guy clearly knows more than I do. Exactly. The fact that he doesn't even know what the stick is that he's supposed to like pry the. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, the sleds frozen to the ground. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. 
man, not one, but two indigenous people in this film. Yeah. Uh, first one was uh, the love interest of Peral. Uh, that was Kara G. She played Francois. She's uh, First Nation. She's, uh, oh, I can't remember her tribe. But Kara G is really good. Uh, she's in a couple different things. I, I can't think of, man, I can't think of what I know her from really strongly right now. She's incredibly cute. She's got a really cute face. Uh, what is the movie I know her from? Oh, yeah, she's uh, she was in Letterkenny, by the way, not to mention last week. Uh, but she's in The Expanse. Uh, did you watch The Expanse? Was that you? Uh, I started watching The Expanse and then something came up and I started watching something else. I never did finish it. Ah. But I enjoyed what I did get to watch. I need sure. to, I have it. I need to rewatch it. I think she, what is she? I'm looking at here. Oh, she's Chippewa. Was what people in this area would know her as Northern Plains uh, or Oshawa. But Chippewa was the, is the most used word for that. She's a uh, Algonquin. And then we also see, so uh, like he doesn't do a lot, but we see Michael Horse. He's the Native American man in the bar who like throws out what's his name. Oh yeah. Let's see. I don't even know if he's actually Native American. His wife isn't. That's funny. Oh, man. I forgot that uh, Willem Dafoe had a Snow Dog movie. Oh, Togo? It's actually yeah. pretty good. I, I don't think I'd seen it. Oh, he's Pueblo. He's Zuni Pueblo or Yaqui. Interesting. Yeah, so Michael Horse, uh, the the old Native guy in there. He's he's a he's a from the Twin Peaks movies is what I know him from. So that's kind of where I always know him as. He'll he'll never he'll never top my my favorite. Maybe he is in the swamp. Uh, Maybe the swamp is in him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they can't all be winners, buddy. <laughs> uh. Uh, but he was in the uh, animated Turok film, which uh, if anyone knows me, they know I love me some Turok. Yeah, that's true. I think he's uh, like he's like the chief in that movie. One of the, it's one of those direct-to-video uh, animated films from like the early two thousands that like they made a million of them. Like they were all comic books that they're like, well, this is setting around. Let's just make something of it. So we got a bunch of shit. But anyway, he's in there and he, he's you know entertaining. Not as entertaining as the leads in this film. First off, what a wild use of uh, Bradley Whitford to be that judge who's only in the movie for like three minutes. Yeah. Like he has like two lines. Yeah, but, he's he's not in there for very long. That's for sure. No, not at all. Did you know that the dogs are based on the seven doors? I did read that all yeah. except for the, the leader, right? Leader spits yeah. and then spits. Yeah. And then, uh, not to be this guy, but uh, I was like, he's like, oh, watch the Victrola, Dan Stevens. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's not a Victrola. I didn't know what it was, but I know what a Victrola looks like. It usually has a brass cone, too, and that did not have a brass cone. It had a painted cone, which isn't a Victrola. And also, it wasn't a circular. It was shelled. So I know the difference, and the box wasn't right. And I had to look up what it was, but it was an Edison Model F. 
But mm-hmm. it, I knew it wasn't a Victrola. When he said Victrola, I was like, that's not a Victrola, buddy. No, no because it's the, the tubes. Yeah. Right? Although, I will say this. A lot of people do use Victrola as a broad name for all of those. But back then, you wouldn't have. That's yeah, because like there wasn't that many of radio. them back then. Yeah, you're a yeah. record player. You know, I mean, yeah. it is what it is. It's a broad term. But yeah, back then, they probably wouldn't have used that. Yeah, you would have said you had a Zenith, or you had a uh, you you know you would have said what you had. Watch, watch the Edison. <laughs> watch the Model F. No, he would have said Edison. He would have said watch the Edison. But uh, and it was a more expensive one. So it, like Edison was way more expensive than Victrola. So it would have made more sense for him to say watch the Edison because it's fucking expensive and he's yeah. a rich prick. And that's what he cares about. Oh man, kind of a downer movie, but also not. Like yeah. you want, especially because like, not to be a spoiler. Sorry, guys, if you haven't seen it yet, just skip for like a little bit here. But like, he decides finally to go back to his wife and try to make amends, and he has this change of heart. But he dies, and he never gets to do that. So she is going to go to her grave thinking that that was who he was until the end of his life. That he never got over it. And I'm like, eesh, that's kind of sucky, but. I don't know. That's how yeah. life is, especially back then. You know, you didn't see a family member for like five or six years at a time. Just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it took so long to get anywhere. Yeah. You know, and then most people would die on the way. Imagine, just imagine for a second, you, your family decides to go like, take it into modern day standards. Your family decides to go to Disney world. All right. And when you get there, most of the people who were with you in the beginning didn't survive. Yeah. Or are very sick. Yeah. And there's new people. There's yeah, probably people up on the way. Yeah, yeah. There's probably new people in your group. So, yeah, that that's how that would work. What did you like more, this movie or Balto? Oh, uh, which one was Balto? Balto, the animated one about oh, the that's sled right. dogs with the the vaccines. Uh, I'm a sucker for an animated movie, but I kind of liked this one. Let's put Balto on the list, though, because Balto was a failure. Was it? Okay. Yeah. It only made $11 million on a $31 million budget. I do remember, though, there was a lot of like uh, controversy with the movie Balto because the lead dog in this and Balto was like portrayed as a villain. But Togo was the lead dog, and Togo was like a hero as well. And it's just kind of fucked up to be like, yeah, he's bad. I think they name him Boris in this, though. Oh, um, I know you're a wrestling person, so you're you'll see the the error in this. But my first note that I have on here is Puppy Pile Driver. When, oh, when he's the, fighting the, Spitz, when they're choke slamming each other. Yeah, right he, it's a body slam, but yeah, he he grabs him by the technically because he went over the back over his head. It was more of a puppy suplex. Oh, there you go. More of a German <laughs> suplex, really, if you think about it. If you're if you're using technical terms for wrestling moves, there you go. Puppy jumpy puppy German suplex. Yeah, and that's a little bit the the whole CGI dog thing in that is. Understandable because obviously you can't have two dogs do well, that. During the fight, it doesn't look that bad. It yeah. only looks bad when it's right next to a human. But they zoom in on Spitz's face as he's coming down, and that's kind of Looney Tunes. 
Oh yeah, he has a <laughs> moment right. really bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, um, did you know this came out three weeks before the actual COVID shutdown? Oh really? Yikes. Yeah. Bad timing. Right. Right. I don't think this movie would have done that bad if uh, uh probably not. Hmm. Between that and the fact that it costs so much, I wish I knew how much was CGI and how much was Harrison Ford's salary for the budget. Oh, yeah, because no one else in this movie is very demanding that much. Right. So I'm thinking if they would have went with someone other than Ford, while it may not have been quite as impactful, or maybe it would have, depending on who they picked, it would have been a more successful movie. Yeah, he probably he probably got twenty million for this film. Like, do you do like who would you cast besides Ford? Because like my first instinct is, of course, my man crush Timothy Oliphant. Well, the problem is you need him to be older. Well, Timothy Oliphant's gray at this point. Yeah, but so, he's not. He's not like he's that old. Harrison Ford old. I mean, they they're wanting like, I don't know. Harrison Ford portrays himself as a man in his late sixties, even though he's in the seventies. Yeah, uh, you gotta get someone who's got a good narration voice. Okay, Goggins does that okay. Well, that's not a problem. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I was looking for actors. Actors. Uh, Let's look up actors over 60 real quick and let me take a look. Yeah. Michael Keaton. Oh, you know what? You know who would have been good? Liam Neeson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would have been good. Jeff Bridges. Oh, that would have been super good. Kurt Russell. Oh, that would have been. Yeah. All three of them demand much less than Harrison Ford, too, by the way. I, I would have liked one of them, and then they could have made the movie a little cheaper. I think they would have probably been uh, had a better shot of making their money back. Yeah, I think um, Dan Stevens was a, a dead-on choice for yes, the villain. for sure. And I think Omar Sy probably isn't very expensive. Uh, you could have really cast that role as anybody, but I think if you wanted, you're looking for a French actor, he's he's good choice. Oh, yeah. Uh, you could have saved money by not putting Karen Gill in this movie. She didn't have like not that she's bad, but really unnecessary for this. You could have put any female in there for the three lines she had to deliver. Right. So sure. there's that. So yeah, there was definitely ways to save money in this movie, and you wouldn't have even had to cut the creepy ass CGI dog. No, and it's Terry Notary who's done a lot of the Apes movies. Yeah, I mean, he's he, no uh, Andy Circus. You almost know him as Buck, the gorilla from Rise of the Planet of the or Rise Planet Apes. <laughs> Rise Planet Apes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, I, I don't disagree with that. I don't it, disagree with you. It was a very suspenseful movie. Like the parts that it. were suspense I mean, made to be suspenseful. The it ending was... got me. I choked up. Um, yeah. So there is that. Yeah. Uh. Hmm. That dog murdered a guy, though, man. He he threw a man into a burning building. Yeah, he Just did. Saying. Yeah. The guy deserved it. Oh, yeah, he did. Also, the, he says the dogs ran off, right? So the dogs didn't die. I think in the books, the dogs die. Uh, Probably. I remember correctly. Yeah, probably. But did the people die? 
Did the woman and the other guy die? Is that what they were hinting at in there? I think so, yeah. Because he says they're all gone, and they never really go into it. But then later, Harrison Ford says it won't bring back the dead. And I'm like, well, who's dead? Yeah. So I think Karen Gillan and the other guy died. Well, yeah, and see, it's weird because did they even get did they get back on the sled with him? I don't remember. I didn't think they did when he starts going away, like going yeah, I into the river. I don't, I don't know. It, it's I, left purposely vague, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that in the first script, they like, were like, yeah, they're dead. And then they basically went back and they're like, we want this to be PG-13. And the deaths right. are a little extreme. Let's, let's hint at the deaths so like an adult will get it. But everyone else will just be like, he's mad. Granted, the death at the end is sort of violent, but yeah. both deaths. A, a guy being thrown into a burning building that collapses on him and a dude shot, got shot by a rifle. Yeah. Sometimes people die, Jesse. You know who dies every week for us, though? Joe Morton. Joe Morton. <laughs> I don't know how much longer I can hold this. And it is Yuzu's turn this time. Mises. All right. Uh, I am going with one I know that I've used before. Uh, and that is that Brad Whitford, who played the judge in this film at the beginning, uh, was in Godzilla King of the Monsters with Joe Morton. Good job. Got it in one. Got it in one. Also, what about you? I also got it in one. Oh, did you? Harrison Ford was in a little movie with Joe Morton called What's Li What Lies Beneath. Oh, that's wild. I always use that. I didn't <laughs> even think about that. Duh. Right. Damn it. Which is why I came up with two this time because I'm like, Brandon always uses What's Li What Lies Beneath. I do use that movie. And then I, I wrote down movie. my second one is Bradley Whitford, the show in Godzilla. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, well, he can't use both of them. No, no. <laughs> Godzilla was just, it's one of those big budget, uh, large cast films. So yeah. I keep it in my head a lot of who's in it. You betcha. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Can't believe that. Well, Jesse, I think we kind of already answered this question with what, the way we were talking. I don't think this is going to be a surprise to anybody, but it wouldn't be the box office bomb squad without the question. Should it bomb? One, two, three, four. I hope the movie old fails as good as I hope it does. But that doesn't make any fucking sense, Brain. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, it's just a bomb. Yeah. Uh, I think that a lot of the bombing has to do with the fact that the Uncanny Valley is part of it. But I don't even think it would have failed because of that. I think people would have said, dude, that movie is really good. The dog's fucking weird. But other than that, because there's a lot of movies where one bad thing doesn't ruin the whole film. Sure. But this movie, it was COVID. It's a COVID film. Yes. Unfortunately, it was a, one of the, the first. Dreaded, the dreaded 2020. We know that we're dealing with a film that probably might be okay. Right. So... There's that poor film. Right. Because like now, like other, we won't get like a remake and an updated version of white Fang because this movie failed. So they're going to think that people don't want it, but man, we do want Jack London stuff. He's good shit. We just didn't want to fucking die. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we didn't want to die to see Harrison Ford grumble <laughs> about men needing dogs. These men needed dogs. <laughs> <laughs> 
perfect timing, Jesse. <laughs> I will not put you down. I say it gets put down here and now. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, Jesse, what's next week? I don't know what that bastard shark's going to do with it. Might eat it, I suppose. Seen one eat in a rocking chair one time. Next time, you just ask me which line to pull, right? Little brown eel comes out of the cave, swims into the hole. That's from Jaws, 1975. The next movie, a little more recent. Still deals with wild animals, though. The Land of the Lost, 2009. Man, I... All I can recall about this film is I remember a friend of mine who was obsessed that thought Will Ferrell was the funniest guy ever. <laughs> and we went into this movie and I remember being like, yuck. <laughs> but, uh, I, but I do remember this. I remember going, man, who is this guy? He's quite funny. That guy ended up being uh, Danny, Danny McBride. McBride? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I figured. I figured. Yeah. I I, love... like, I didn't know who he was that back <sighs> then. That that movie was the first movie I saw him in. I love Danny McBride, a comedic asshole. Oh, man. Righteous Gemstones is so good. I still have not watched it. Jesse, you're missing out. What? It's got your boy in it. I know. Walt Goggins is the no. best character. He's Baby Billy. It's Baby Billy. Baby um... Billy Baba Bonkers. <laughs> I uh, I'm talking about that, damn it! I'm talking about Bible bonkers. Did you ever watch the show Vice Principals with him and yeah, and Walter Goggins as well? God, yeah, it's they're, so they're good. so good together. That's why you need to watch because Righteous Gemstones is even better than that, and it's got John Goodman. I will, I will start watching it within the next week. It, it's not child appropriate. No, wow! I figured as much like, to <laughs> an extreme level. Danny McBride lot. in general. There's a lot of dong in that movie or the show. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but you're going to meet characters, BJ and Keith. Oh my God, they're the funniest fucking people, man. Oh, Jesus Christ, they're funny. Awesome. Well, why, why do you do it, baby Billy? <laughs> I've seen that uh, clip so at many the end times. Of everything, I don't make nothing. By the time I pay my scientists and uh, my, my salesmen, I don't make a thing. Zero, nilch. I do this for you. <laughs> people ask, why do you do this, baby Billy? <laughs> Uh, he's so good. He's so good in that, by the way. Oh, get I out of here, nerd. kind of like your daddy. You ain't my daddy. God damn it, I'm just like your daddy. You're not my daddy at all, baby Billy. You're my uncle. <laughs> God damn it, get out of here, nerd. Go outside or something. Get outside, nerd. <laughs> out there with your computer games. <laughs> he also, like, he plays like a 70-year-old man in the show, by the way, which is hilarious. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I'll uh, I'll have Land to. Land of the Lost. I'll have All to watch right. it. Well, I know I'm gonna have to watch Land of the Lost sometime this week. But what were you watching this week? <laughs> so, uh, what you watching? Do I know they're bad? Yes, I know they're bad. Do I accept Sorry. that they're bad? Yes, I accept that they're bad. 1999's The Astronaut's Wife. What are you watching, Jesse? WWE Raw was in St. Louis, and I took a good friend of mine, and we saw it live. Nice. It was a good show, too, man. A lot of my favorites were there. Otis showed up, and Ivar, and Cody Rhodes, and Sami Zayn, and oh, man, it was a good show. Really fun. Just had a blast. Great audience. St. Louis was an amazing audience. Um, And then Cody Rhodes did a little speech at the end for everybody, and just the audience losing their mind and saying, we want Cody made him choke up and he like he's like i'm sorry i'm being emotional 
And it was just, it was just a great night. It was very fun. And then I got to rewatch it on TV and I was like looking for myself and I was like right behind the camera the entire time. I never got on, <laughs> on camera. Nice. I could see the camera guy. I'm like, man, I hope that motherfucker turns around at some point. He never did. <laughs> so that, and I watched the new season of He-Man revolution. Oh, nice. It was incredibly good. I really enjoyed it. I absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, if you like He-Man at all, uh, a lot of people complained about Revelation for stupid reasons, but Revelation was actually pretty good. Revolution, though, I, I have not any complaints, and I can't see how anybody can complain about it. It was just very well done. And emotional. There was good emotional bits in it. Very nice. Brought to you by uh, good old... Good old uh, Kevin Smith. That's why I was going to say, I thought Kevin Smith is the one who did that. Yep. He's writing it. Yep. That's awesome. As far as video games, I ain't played shit this week, man. I have been so busy with everything going on. I've been buying comic collections and toy collections all week for my job. And I just have not had a chance to sit down and play a video game. So, but I do have a song and uh, I went with like, if you're like in the indie scene, everyone knows who Neutral Milk, Neutral Milk Hotel is. Uh, they have a really lovely song about being in love. I know I did a love song last week, but I did another love song because this movie made me just kind of go, I want something light and airy and fun and beautiful. So I went with King of Carrot Flowers Part 1. There's not a Part 2, but King of Carrot Flowers Part 1 is really just a light, beautiful song. I'm going to play a little bit of it here. It's kind of got a kind of got a Beatles flavor, a little bit. Oh, they they get compared to sort of like a lighthearted Beatles. But then also, uh, this is a band that does Cleopatra, the song Cleopatra. Yeah, the, these guys' big hit is uh, oh, what is the name of that song? An aeroplane over the sea. That's their big song. Uh, but I like King of Cut Flowers a little more. Just a pretty song. Let's see. Cleopatra, the Lumineers. Oh, the Lumineers, yeah. Yeah. Lumineers yeah. have a little more of an edge to them, I would say. Yeah, yeah. They're they're more of a, a folksy sound than they than they were. But still, that's good stuff. I like that. Yeah, Lumineers has a song called Slow It Down that I absolutely love, by the way. Yeah. Yep. It's uh and it's just very pretty. I play a lot yeah, of their Lumineers music. Lumineers does uh Hey Ho, Ho Hey, that's like their yep. big song. Yeah, I play a lot of their music when I'm hiking. Okay, it feels, yeah, no, it good, feels good like music hiking there. music to me. I get you. I'm more of a uh, uh, national radio, national park radio yeah. hiker guy. Yeah. So, what about you, Jesse? Well, uh, let's see. The game I've been playing, I decided to dip my toe, and of course, when I say dip my toe, I mean jump full force, head first into a shallow pond that is minecraft ah. uh, because you can never dip your toe into minecraft there's no such that's my wife thing. and i's uh we just need to chill out game the music the music uh, makes you shut your eyes that's just bro, you hear that song if you want to really fucking set it off there's a skyrim mod and it plays skyrim music oh that's cool <laughs> there's also an adventure time mod uh, that's neat 
with yeah. an Adventure Time music and skins. Oh, the, the mods add a different music track too. Not to say the the main track is bad. The main sure. track is gorgeous, right? But man, there's so many good mods with fun tracks on them. Yeah, and see, actually, when I play Minecraft, I play a mod pack um, by the YouTube creator Direwolf Twenty, uh, yeah. and it has like elect it has like electronics. It has um, magic and botany and just all kinds of other things that are added into the game um and i run a i run a server of that and me and a couple friends play and it's just it's a blast so oh yeah i'm doing that again um so relaxing the movie i have recently seen i was able to watch wonka oh i loved it loved it fantastic movie i watched it uh watched it with family um you know me and the uh the youngest I've read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory so many times. I've got most of it memorized. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm recording myself reading it so that she can listen to it later in life when I decide to kick the bucket. But oh yeah, <laughs> huh? there you, it, go. you know, I hey, I'm aware of my own mortality. But this movie, I liked that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the movie, held to the book. I didn't like the extra stuff they sprinkled in about the dentist's son and all that. Eh, it's not great. I didn't super-duper... I wasn't behind uh, Johnny Depp's rendition of Wonka. I thought it was a little childish. Um, he well, did he great. Says he denies it, but there's definitely a Michael Jackson feel to it. A little bit, yeah. Even though he absolutely denies it. I mean, he did. he did great at the character he wanted to create. I just don't think it was the right character. Yeah. Um, it's, this it's one also just some of the whimsy is taken away by giving us too much information. Right. That's yes. why, that's why like, uh, like, like Willy Wonka the, actual, and the chocolate factory. Yeah, Willy Wonka, the original yeah. is it's just, I mean, he just does it so well and right. the songs are really good and his voice is beautiful. Even though he doesn't really yeah. sing, it's just like him just singing a song and, that is one of my one few complaints about the uh, Chalamet version is I know he's a decent singer, but he really is flat in this film. Yeah. He doesn't have a whole lot of range. And I know he can because I've seen him sing on things. He's singing that tiny horse on the yeah. SNL. Yeah. Yeah. Or take my tiny horse away. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I did truly like it quite a bit. I liked the fact that going back to the beginning of Willy Wonka meant that we didn't have to compare it. To yeah, Willy no, Wonka was, and the that Chocolate was actually something I really enjoyed. And he he borrowed bits from both films. Right. Yeah. So obviously it feels more in the universe of uh Gene Wilder because the Oompa Loompas match up. Yep. But like he definitely uses a little bit of the uh family background that they use for the second one. Yeah. Even though he doesn't he seemingly doesn't have a father. <laughs> yeah but yeah so loved it wonka you get a chance to see it and if you liked uh willy wonka and the chocolate factory uh check it out it's definitely worth a watch uh the book i'm going to suggest is uh another one of those oldie but a goodies um and there is a full cast uh reading of this on audible and is dune full cast from like what's just it's a it's not it's not the people from the like tv show it's it's an older reading than that but oh, it's just the, the the fact that dune has so many characters in it yeah 
it's hard to follow if you don't have multiple narrators. And this version of the book has multiple narrators. So if you've ever tried anybody famous that plays anybody, or is it just a, a good voice cast? Uh, it is just a good voice cast. I, I don't think I know some of them because they're just audible narrators. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I was just curious if like Paul Atreides was somebody he, he has most of the dialogue. Yeah. Let's see here. We've got Scott Brick, uh, Orlog Cassidy, uh, UN Morton, Simone Vance, Byron Jennings, David R. Gordon, Jason Culp, uh, Kent Broadhurst, Olivia, Wa- uh, Oliver Wyman. Uh, yeah, I'm Scott looking Sowers. at all, I don't know any of these people. Yeah. I mean, most people, most people aren't going to know a lot of these people, but, um, you know, if you, if you need a way to kill 22 hours, well, 21 hours, uh, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> if you're a fan of Barbara Streisand, she put out a new book. And apparently, because in the book, she rambles a lot and like goes into side stories while she's reading her book. Yeah. The book is 48 hours long. Oh, my God. That. <laughs> that is a very long audio book. Holy crap. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You know what I would listen to? Call What's of the that? Wild. Read by Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. Oh, yeah. I mean, you get most of it. In this. That's true. Uh, let's see. Uh, Pablo Schreiber. Especially um, these may need dogs. Uh, John Lee. I'm looking up Call of the Wild on here and seeing who has read it in the past and seeing. Oh, Ethan Hawke. I like Ethan Hawke. That one would probably sound pretty good. He's got a good voice. Yeah. Ethan Hawke has got a couple of them on there for Call of the Wild. Uh, might have to get one of those. Do you know who I want to hear read an audiobook? Who? Michael Rooker. Oh God. You know, I would love to hear <laughs> Michael Rooker read his own um I want to hear him read like Huckleberry Finn or like some Sam Clemens or, or Mark Twain stuff. That's true. That would be cool. Um let's see but here. Yeah, him him reading us like a story about his life would be fun too. <laughs> the Twilight Zone radio dramas is on audible and he's in one called the grave with Stacy Keach. Oh, Stacy Keach has got a gorgeous voice, right? And the purple Testament. Also Stacy Keach, Michael Rooker. It is a young Michael Rooker. And a Back young Stacey when he was Keach. a serial killer. 2000, 2010. He's when, in a movie. Uh, it's portrait of a serial killer. Very good, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Very trying nice. to think where people would know Stacy Keach from. Uh, Mike Hammer is what I always knew him from. Uh, Mike else? Hammer, huh? Yeah. Uh, he's got that like classic uh, ha 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 voice, you know? Yeah. What else was he in? I mean, he was in so many. Yeah. So many things. I know he was in Prison Break. Escape from L.A. He was Commander Ma- uh, Malloy. Oh, yeah, he's the yep. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say he's yeah. American History X. He's in that. He's in a. Uh, Titus, that Chris Titus show, he plays his crazy dad. <laughs> That's right. He plays the cop in uh, Nice Dreams. Yeah. Chichi Chong. He plays a cop in a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's. Well, that was my camera, was a cop. So he was in Sin City, a dame to kill for. Who was he in Sin City? Uh, he was uh, Wallenquist. Oh, he's, he's one of the corrupt cops. Yeah. Interesting. But he's got a great voice. Oh, fantastic voice. See if I can pull up anything on old. Uh, see here. 
Uh, see, Machete. He was Doc Franklin. He was uncredited, but he was in it. Nice. Um, let's see here. Going way back now. Back to old 2006 at this point. Welling Grace, George Lopez, lots of TV. Big TV guy. With uh, our eyes. The threat. Finished doing a uh, American Greed has the inside story of the tall tales spun for starry-eyed investors. I think she got caught up with the image. <laughs> the lies. The spot. Yeah, he does like he does a bunch of MSNBC like uh, voiceover for uh, crime, real crime stuff. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. Just always liked his voice. Very uh, oh gruff cop voice. Carl Beaumont, Phantasm in Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Oh yeah, he yeah. All right, I forgot that he was in that. He's he's uh, uh, one of the crime lords. Yeah. Yeah, huh? That's funny. Anyway, says he's great voice for sure. I will say though, uh, I do get him and another actor confused sometimes. Let me pull up that other actor's name real quick because I can't recall, but I can tell you exactly what movie he's from. Uh, Con Air. He played Swamp Thing. Oh yeah, yeah. MC Ganey. Yeah. MC Ganey is like a young Stacy Keach in my head. <laughs> yeah, he's also from uh, uh, Tombstone. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's the he's one of the bad guys. He, he's yeah, got, hell yeah. Got one of my favorite the oh, line shit, deliveries. Man, I gotta... when they're leaving town, and he's like, "We're le- we're leaving. You won. Uh, we're taking our dead, and we're getting out of here." And he just looks at me, goes, "Bye." Yeah, <laughs> it just delivered so well. <laughs> I say young Stacy Keach, yet he's only like literally like five years. I was gonna say he's not that much younger, but yeah. Yeah, MC Ganey. Ah, oh, man, I forgot that he was in that. He's in Breakdown, too. I know you like that movie. It's Kurt Russell. Oh, yeah. I mean, you had me at Kurt Russell. Our people here would know him probably best as uh, Swamp Thing from Con Air, though. Where he's yeah. flying the plane. Yep. But, man, oh, man. Some, there's certain people, like, uh, I can't recall what they are, and obviously we don't need to go into it right now, but uh, Tom Selleck did some audiobooks. Yeah, and they're very good. Yeah, because Tom Selleck's got a very calm, like relaxing voice. Yeah, so, true. But yeah, um, were we just going? Oh man, this whole episode is about as long as we just talk about voices. We talked about the the movie itself. <laughs> uh, my cat's down here <laughs> looking at me. What do you want? Nice. Yeah. No. The um, the synopsis from Chat GPT. Uh, oh yeah, we, we, we yeah is new little segment we're kind of doing is uh, Chat GPT tell us about the film. So this one is almost exactly to the film. It's weird. Uh, the Call of the Wild is an adventure film that follows the journey of Buck, a large Saint Bernard Scott Collie mix who is stolen from his domestic life in California and sold into the brutal world of the Alaskan Yukon during the Klondike Gold Rush. Buck experiences the harsh realities of his new life as a sled dog, gradually tapping into his primal instincts for survival. Along the way, he performs a power or he forms a powerful bond with his human companion, John Thornton, Harrison Ford. He even puts him in parentheses. Uh, together, they navigate the challenges of the wilderness, discovering the call of the wild and the true spirit of adventure. 
The film explores themes of resilience, friendship, and the transformative power of nature on both animals and humans. <laughs> that is damn accurate. <laughs> All right. Time to ask ChatGPT the question again. Uh-oh. Ask it. Tell me about uh, the on. Box Office Bomb Squad podcast. <laughs> okay. Give me a second here. Uh, Let's see what it comes up with this time. Okay. Uh <laughs> Uh, tell me about the box hyphen office bomb podcast. Um, we're still not famous enough for it. What's it saying? Uh, as, as of my knowledge update in January, 2022, I don't have specific information about a podcast called the box office bomb or box office box Office bomb squad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You forgot a word, Jesse. That makes all the difference. Me? Uh, does it, you think? <laughs> no, uh, I don't the know. box office bomb squad podcast. Okay. Uh, same thing in the beginning. However, I can provide some general information about the concept of a podcast that might focus on box office Oh, yeah. Box Let's see how close failures. it got. <clears throat> Take a drink real quick. Let's see if it did better than what we did at creating a show. Uh, the magic of podcasts is I'm doing, we're doing two episodes. So my voice is giving out. Oh yeah. <clears throat> close to the end here. Podca- Which is why we rambled so much. <laughs> right. Podcasts that explore box office bombs often discuss movies that did not perform well commercially and analyze the reasons behind their lack of success. These podcasts may delve into factors such as marketing, competition, critical reception, audience expectations, and various other elements that contribute to a film's performance at the box office. Mm. To get accurate and up-to-date information about the Box Office Bomb Squad podcast, I I recommend checking popular podcast platforms, the official website of the podcast if available, or any (laughs) associated social media channels. You can also look for reviews or listener comments to gain insights into the podcast comments and style. Uh, keep in mind that podcasts and their details can evolve over time. So it's a good idea to check the latest sources for the most current information. That's a good. Where would people do that at, Jesse? That would be, and ChatGPT can't give me this, the Box Office Bob. Uh, that's the old one, the Box Office Bob Bomb Squad.com. The new one, easier to type in, much more chewable, the Bob's Pod.com. Bob's Pod. The Bob's Pod. <laughs> See that, see that seamless uh, transition that I did there, Jesse? That was good. That was good. That, uh, I don't have a. That's I, something that AI can't do. And one of our that's old podcasts. Can't take from us. I would have had a button for that. We had the flawless segue button, and I don't have that anymore. <laughs> flawless segue. <laughs> yeah. I still have the sound clip. I could add it to the board. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, uh, it, the, the reason you took it off is because I rarely do it, I usually just try to force it. <laughs> Forced segue, <laughs> uncomfortable segue, <laughs> unnecessary segue. Uh, all right, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll give you. Let's see, next week is let's see, it was Valentine's Day, so we're getting near March. Man, we're getting to start warm up soon. Oh man, it's gonna be nice. Yeah, nice. People will be listening to this one. What on the twenty first? I think something like that. I believe so. Yeah. All right, everybody, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week with uh, (laughs) the Land of the Lost. That's the wrong button. I didn't know if you knew that or not. I was testing you. I was testing you.
Yeah, Jesse, these men need dogs, not not our intro outro like that. <laughs> want laser raptors because that's how you get laser raptors. I hate you know so much. <laughs>